Welcome back to Opa Podcast, episode 56. Today, it's just me and Soup. Say hi, Soup. Yo, what up? Uh, tonight, uh, Griffin's working for the Wolves, and uh, Wyatt came back from Nebraska very, very tired, so he won't be joining this episode. We may have a special guest appearance by someone who has been on the podcast. We shall see. But today, we'll be recapping uh, our victory over Nebraska last weekend, and in preview, um are pretty much our second to last home game of the season against Northwestern and then any other things outside in college football, NFL, and any other takes as well. But going on from there, soup, let's get on to recapping Nebraska here. So the Gophers won 20 to 13. Um any quick reactions from that game? <laughs> um I mean like quick reactions, they only give up three points in the second half. You know, they, give, they only give up three points after the first quarter, really. Um, you don't give up any points in the second quarter, third quarter, and you give up a field goal in the fourth quarter when you're essentially playing prevent defense already. So, like, I don't know. Like, this is not, it's another one where you don't really uh, feel like the needle moved too much. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like uh, this team got better as a result of this win i guess i mean i feel like they sh i feel like there is the potential for them to have but we won't know until next week but like based on like this game watching what happened i don't know if you can say that they were any better than they were the week before i have to agree like um just so the uh, just so the listeners know i wasn't really watching the game uh on saturday i was doing other things outside of football you know light things and i came in um I watched a bit of the game early, like maybe part of the first quarter where Nebraska scores the 10 points, didn't watch the rest of the first half, came back uh, around maybe, oh gosh, maybe like the last 10, five minutes of the third quarter. So I missed pretty much like half of the game in between. And I was just disappointed. Like um, same, like same, like, like we're running the same things. Like we give Mo the ball, we run the heck out of the ball. Uh, defense doing defense things. Obviously, the defense allowed ten points in the first quarter, but we didn't allow another point again. Like um, whatever was game planned in initially, uh, as PJ said in his press conference, they had to throw it out. Joe Rossi threw it out the window, and like those adjustments in game, like even during the first quarter, after that three point play that or they scored their field goal was like locked down the entire game. Like, amazing work by the defense. I think our defense is, is, is going to be our strong suit moving forward still. On the offense side of the ball, our O-line <laughs> was not doing Tanner or the run game any favors. During no, the not during half. the first half at all. Not at all. And um, They, like, looked... They, like, looked surprised that, like, Nebraska was trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they looked... They looked, like... They looked caught off guard by like the intensity that Nebraska was playing with at home, which I don't think should catch you off guard. But they did. They looked. They looked surprised for the first couple. I mean, just talking about it, like the game starts with uh, a Nebraska touchdown, we punt, and a Nebraska field goal within the first five minutes of the game, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Or no, was it four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? So in the first ten minutes of the game. Touchdown Nebraska, we punt, field goal, 10-0. And then they don't score until they kick a field goal with, like, you know, 
towards the end of this of the fourth quarter when they need ten point they need two scores. So, I mean, the defense I think was like fundamentally better, but I mean, still not a lot of pass rush. I mean, you had one sack from Cody Lindenberg, I think. Yeah. But um, other than that. Just, I mean, they were, they were much better fundamentally. They didn't really give up too many big plays after that first couple drives once they figured out what Nebraska was doing. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think it's more, like, I, I think we're going to spend a lot more time talking about the offense because on defense it was literally just, up. Oh, you know, they caught you for the first couple drives and then and then it was, you know, same old, same old. Yeah, and I do uh, want to do some do some credit to the defense before we dive I'll Big deep dive into this offense here, Sue. Um, tea time. Terrell Smith got a pick. Um, should have had another one, too. Should have as well. So amazing game from him. Um, even though, like, primarily in terms of, like, the defensive backs is Howden, Newbin, and Wally that we've always been, you know, talking about. But it's great to see tea time get something in there for, his, I think, I think this is his last season, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, yep. So great plays by tea time. Uh, defense played great. Um that I think Cody Lindenberg, like, even though I think this may be a second, uh, I think is this second or third year into the team, including his red shirt. Um, I am very excited about this guy. Like he is very, very talented, very athletic as well. Yeah. And, you just see it out there. He's got that sideline to sideline speed where yeah. he can actually cover the entire field. Whereas, you know, we're used to a guy like Mariano who, like, he's a good player, but he relies a lot on his smarts and his instincts to, yeah. to get him where he needs to be. Whereas Cody's just got that next-level juice. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but other than that, and also Cody Lindenberg actually led the team in defensive statistics as well. He had five solo tackles, three assisted for eight total. Um, then behind that, Tyler Newbin, Mariano, Terrell, uh, Jordan Howden uh, got all in there in terms of the top five. So amazing yep. game from all. And they guys. did have four sacks. I said they had one. They had four, yep. which yep. is which is good. But I think it's mainly because you're playing uh, bad quarterbacks. So. Correct. Um, and yeah, so amazing game by the defense. They kept pretty much uh, Chuba Purdy uh, contained, and also Logan Smothers who came in as well. Uh, into the game so amazing game by the defense especially against that uh their wide receiver core because yeah coming into this game we knew we had to cover trey palmer and try to make someone else on their receiving core beat us and we yeah did that and marcus washington had that like one big catch down the sideline that Correct. they reviewed they looked at for a while and rolled it a catch which like it was ruled an incompletion on the field not sure if there's enough video evidence to overturn it i mean i thought I thought there was personally. Personally, I thought it was. I thought it looked like a catch, um, but I mean that was like the only big play they really had all day. They had like a couple of big runs, but like not enough to really make a dent in anything. But uh, they just couldn't throw. Like you could clearly tell that they had no faith in either of their quarterbacks that they were trotting out there. They just, especially against a good Minnesota secondary, they're just they just did not want to throw at all. Correct. And they had a lot of success early in the game running the ball because you yeah, know it's. Yep, and it's because of the same things we've been saying in the first half, every first couple drives all year. It's bad tackling, bad gap discipline, bad eyes. Like it's still that's still kind of going on to start the game. I don't know if it's like they're seeing something on film with blocking schemes and they're like over committing or something, but I don't know. It's like the same like the first 
three, four drives, it's like the same bad fundamentals in the run defense every game, and it's just really aggravating. It is. But other than that, um, again, like at, at two, all, all this, like, I think you and I are just very, very nitpicky with the defense. Like, it's a very great defense yeah. the last couple of years under Joe Rossi. So, there's, like, again, we're just nitpicking because that's how per- per- like perfect elite yeah, our yeah. defense to be. But they play an amazing game, keeping them under at 13 points, 10 after the first quarter, up until like mid late fourth quarter to get when they got that field goal. So, Again, amazing game by them, but I, yeah, they, I, I just they, want to give them their due before we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, conference. you know, like, like they, they, they obviously adjusted, and then after that, it was lights, like it was over. Like it, after yeah. that, it was just done on offense for Nebraska. So, you know, once the adjustments came down from Rossi, they just had no answer, and that's obviously great. But, um, you know, you can hang your hat on this defense, which is nice. It's just, you know, some of the stuff like. Like the fundamental stuff, I we I feel like we keep harping on it because it just keeps popping up, and it and and that's how you lose games against better teams, and everybody knows that. So For I sure. think we're just gonna keep talking about it until it goes yeah. away. Um, but actually, I do want before we nitpick on the offense. Actually, soup, I do want to cover special teams because this is why it's specialty, and he did make it in his la- in the last episode that um, he made a open letter to a uh, uh, Matthew Trickett to not miss a kick this game, which he did. So Matthew Trickett was two for two, uh, one from 49 and one from 47 um, to get us six points. Big time. Very big time kicks. Uh, I I have to say, if if this was the Matt Trickett of last year, he might have missed those kicks. Like it's a 50-50 chance he'll make one of those long 47, 49-yard kicks, but he was perfect uh, that day. So kudos. And he got Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. So shout out to Matt as well. Um, yeah, Dragon Kesic uh, uh, kicked off five times. All were touchbacks. Um, can't complain about that. Uh, I will have to say though, and I have to complain about this. Um, when I, we we played Rutgers last week or the week prior, and then we played against Nebraska, I swear. Whenever I see Mark Crawford punt, I just feel disappointment because he only had an, his average this game. He had six punts, was average of thirty-seven yards, and his longest was forty-five. But again, of the three, fifty uh, percent of his punts though did pin him in the behind the twenty. But other than that, I'm like, one was a pretty bad snap too. Yeah. One was low. One was a pretty low snap that I was just surprised he got off. Yeah. So I, I'm again, I'm nitpicking at this point. Like again, Mark Crawford like, has hasn't been too great but not too bad like just average as punch well he hasn't been consistent yeah. and like his whole thing is like he wants the ball to hit the ground and roll because you know like the aussie punter thing is like you know been like kind of all the rage like in the in college and like not really in the nfl right now but more in college it's like you know like we saw it with uh with rutgers's punter right the guy he like runs he like catches it runs a little bit to the right hits kind of like a low low knuckle ball that hits the ground and rolls for another 20 yards you know and the perfect way to combat that is to do exactly what nebraska did and you just come up and catch the ball you just don't want to hit the ground like that whole style is like dependent on you punting the ball away from the the returner and having it bounce and roll uh because they do not want to field the ball after it hits the ground so they did a good job of coming up and catching the ball and not really letting it bounce. Like the, I get, they got one in plus territory. I think it was the low snap one too that he boots out of his own end zone. And you just see their guy basically catch it like almost a full sprint. Like he's just not letting it hit the ground, which is, you know, good coaching. Yeah, it is. 
So again, again, it's nitpicking, but um, amazing. Also, another great game from the special team. It's not nitpicking. Well. You need better punting. Punting needs to be <laughs> yeah. better. Like, 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 trick it. Love you. Great job. 47-49. Those are NFL kicks. Good job, buddy. Like, but the punting, like, it's just not. It just needs to be better. And you know, blocking on kickoff is also like, eh, it's fine. And I will also say too, Quinton Redding, our special, our punt and kick return specialist. Um, slow game uh, not, uh, not slow game but like nothing that will blow the window but like pause mainly pauses no he didn't lose any yardage so i'll take it yeah i mean they were doing a good job on kickoff of uh taking that like nice big loopy kick where it uh you know kind of lands inside the 10 so you can't let it go over your head in the end zone you have to field it and either fair catch it or try and return it so yeah. they were doing it i think nebraska uh had a nice game on special teams yeah they did too but, but so. uh, going on from there, let's let's take a scalpel and dissect this. <laughs> going to go for offense. So let's. I, I kind of. If you're okay with this too, let's split it by the two halves, like between halftime. Yeah. Because it, because think, it was it was yeah, a tale of two halves. A tale of two halves. So we were scoreless this first half. Um, Tanner uh, was the quarterback for the first half before he went out. Uh, due, uh, according to PJ, upper body injury. But to any of the fans watching, it's, it's likely a concussion. concussion. Yeah. Um, and two, and also I do want to know two concussions in the same month in three weeks in three weeks is really scary. Um, I hope Tanner's okay yeah. as a person, as a human being. So yeah. Um, yeah, outside of that, he was only six for eight on passing 38 yards. Um, but outside of that, Mo did not have a great first half rushing the ball. Like the O-line did not give him any favors. Um, Nebraska's diva essentially was playing like ours, like very lights out, swarming to the ball um, in the first half there to stop the run game. And also oh. when we put in Trey and Pot during the first, I think they did put them in the first half. They're just getting tackled behind a line of scrimmage as well. And also receivers didn't get much separation, I think, when I was watching the first half. What are your thoughts on the first half here? Yeah, well, like the first few drives, like I said earlier, they just were like surprised with the juice that Nebraska came with and and the amount of pop that Nebraska was giving them off the line. Um, and then I think Nebraska was doing some fun stuff on, on the line and with their scheme too. They were, um, you know, with their extra box defender, a lot of teams will bring a safety down for their extra box defender. Nebraska was uh, playing with an extra corner in the box, which is pretty interesting. But... Uh, it, it was a lot of like it's weird because it's like it was a lot of execution errors it felt like to me in the first half like you have Brevin drop an easy first down right yeah. off the hands you have Michael Brown Stevens try and have another interception hit him in the chest because I don't know why he's so good at that but apparently that's his thing and it, you would when it comes to the offensive line it's like they're all like good, solid players, except for maybe the right tackle, who I'm not a fan of. But uh, usually, what would happen is it would just be like one person having a bad rep, right? Like one person having a bad rep blows up the whole thing. So like they play well as individuals, but as a unit, they're just like not consistent right now, um, which is not great. You saw them try and go to the outside zone early and often, and they just were not they're not flowing like as a as a line properly as they would move across their zones and it's just like yeah. i don't know you just can't have consistency in the run game like that and the one thing you need from this offense is consistency in the run game because it it, it really feeds everything else yeah for sure um 
I really don't have much more. Like I was, it was a terrible first half. Like it, everything we talked about at the start of the segment and talking about now, like it was a struggle, all, like in all phases of the offense. Oh yeah. So I don't have much. No, the more first to say. half was basically. <laughs> I mean, you got pushed around in the trenches on both sides of the ball in the first half, and you just did not execute anything on offense and. You were on dis- You were, you know, bad fundamentals, undisciplined and inconsistent on, on and you got out physical, right? Like right. that's not a recipe for success. And that's why you're down 10, zero going in the tunnel. I mean, it's really, it sounds boring to talk about it like this, but like they just weren't doing anything. Like they really weren't, they were just spinning their wheels out there for the entire half. Yeah, for sure. But despite that first half, we go into halftime. I'm not sure what PJ said to them. And what the players said to each other, obviously, because we have a, we do have a very veteran-led team uh, with the Gophers currently. But whatever happened at halftime, we came back out in the third quarter uh, with Ethan at quarterback. Now Tanner is out with a quote-unquote upper body injury slash concussion, so Ethan is t- is taking the snap. And you know, uh, someone a fan made this note. Remember when Tanner stepped in at the second half in Nebraska back in uh, twenty. 17? 18 or 18? 2018 2018 yeah that was when like someone said oh tanner's rise to like become the starter and i'm like it seems zach very Anikstead's co- injury yeah, yeah like very coincidental but i'm, I'm not again like I, I hope again tanner's okay well the gophers got boat raced in that game in 2018 correct. so at least they won this one correct but ethan came out um amazingly like uh the stats don't really say the entire truth of ethan's game uh, he was 6 of 12, 50% on pass completions, 137 yards, but no touchdowns and no picks. Like He played a very efficient game at quarterback. Um, I The thing that I saw from his game was that he, like Penn State, even though we lost that game and he came in for uh, Tanner against Illinois, he was not rattled. He looked very calm. He looked poised. Um, and he he slinged it this game. Like I think he, we had some explosive yeah. plays for at like actually 20 plus yards uh, to Dalen Wright and Daniel Jackson. Uh, well, I think one of them uh, of the explosive plays, we did not get points out of it, but we were in Nebraska's zone. Uh, the next was we scored the touchdown or they'll go to the field goal, then a touchdown. And like by having that open up in terms of the passing game, um, Mo, and then also of course, Ethan, made the chance to make yard, get yards on their feet on the rush, rushing yeah. attack as well. And overall, we scored 20 unanswered points in the second half. Um, Nebraska, of course, will score three, and then from there, P.J. was just playing keep away, uh, milking the clock for the rest of the game. And I thought this was a very different team. Like We actually uh, stepped up in the trenches, even though like, there was st- I, I thought it was still some spotty stuff on the offensive line. We looked better offensively throughout the entire half, and I was yep. like, damn like it is a tale of two halves literally. yeah yeah i mean the the past i mean like you said it was still kind of inconsistent across the offensive line the second half but i mean you have a much more mobile and athletic quarterback in ethan and that covers up a lot eighth i mean ethan had three carries for 27 yards i think you know two of those at least are first downs um so with a long of 16 like he's not afraid to tuck it and run and i think he did a good job deciding when to do that and you know just to speak to the offense and how it was over those two halves both quarterbacks have the same amount of completions yep one has 137 yards one has 38 
So, uh, I mean, that's 11 yards per attempt for Ethan and 4.8 yards per attempt for Tanner. So, I mean, you can see, I think you also saw in the play calling and the, the kind of plan that they came out of the tunnel with, you saw exactly what they think of Ethan. You know, I think that you could see why they're so excited about this kid. Like, he is uh, a very quick decision maker. He's got an absolute hose for an arm. And he is not afraid to sling it. Like, Tanner, a lot of times, will pass up tight window throws in lieu of uh, protecting the ball and maybe check it down. Or, you know, tuck and run. Or we've seen him take sacks, you know. like. But he's just, you know, from a quarterback standpoint, he's much more conservative. He's much more of a game manager, right? That's not Ethan Kelly Ekmanis. Ethan is going to rip it. That's what he does. And it is really, it's kind of refreshing to see the offense when they were moving the launch point and they had an athletic quarterback and, you know, you run like a 10 yard in to Daniel Jackson. He comes out of his break and the ball hits him in the chest and on a, on a line, you, you throw a 50, 50 ball down, down the field to Dalen Wright, who makes a play on the ball goes up, attacks the ball with his hands, MBS take notes, and, you know, comes down with it. Like, you had um, a more – I think you had a more confident quarterback out there for the second yep. half. He, he just looked like he was playing a little more confident and a little, little less um, apprehensive to turn the ball over and much more willing to say, no, 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 I got this. Like, yep. let's do this. So that's great. If I have to note about Ethan, I think he has a moxie or like an, an it factor that I felt like we haven't really seen in the Gophers quarterback, I think, ever. Like, I, I started following around Mitch Leiner era. Yeah. So, like, I, I can get Mitch Leiner, um, Connor Rhoda, Demery Croft, Splitting Duty, and then Tanner. Oh, don't forget Zach. about Chris Streveler. And Chris Streveler as well. Arizona so, quarterback, Arizona Cardinal, true. Chris Streveler. Correct. But, um, you know, we haven't really seen a quarterback with that moxie. Like, I thought... Ethan has that like, I can't describe the mo- his moxies, but like he like he reminds me. I believe the football term is poise. Poise, yeah, like he like he like he unafraid to sling it. Like he has very the energy exudes like a pain man like from I I I, I don't want to compare it to NFL quarterbacks, but like you know when Payne Manning or Mo- Patrick Mahomes, Josh the Adam, guys in the pocket who are just not phased by anything correct. else that's going like, around like them. That's, that's what, what yeah. I see from Ethan, yeah. and I love that so much. I think some of the nicknames Twitter and other media has given like the Greek freak and the Greek rifle. Yeah. So um, I'm very excited at what he can do. Obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Tanner uh, being PJ being PJ. He's going to keep it day to day. Not going to let us know until game time on Saturday, but I won't be surprised if we see, like, I know we're, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I won't be surprised if we see Ethan in the starting lineup again for this game. I would I would uh, lean towards Ethan playing this right. week right now. Right. I do not think that – I mean, I think two concussions in three weeks is, is scary just for, like, the health of a player right. um, and, and a person. And I think – I don't know how, if you're this coaching staff, you can look at the second half of this game and go, yeah, let's just not do that. You know, like, oh, our offense has been struggling. Let's just not do – the 20 points we put up in the second half, you know, like they clearly, they had a better rhythm. I felt like they were more balanced. I felt like, uh, 
Ethan being a more athletic quarterback threatens the defense a little more than Tanner does and forces them to be a little more honest than they mm-hmm. already would be because I think they just attack Tanner and they say, go ahead and beat us. And I don't think they're afraid of Tanner beating them over the top. Ethan can beat you over the top pretty easily. He's got the arm. Like if, if, if you, you know, have like, like, you know, you saw, you saw Daniel Jackson runs a, runs a slant go absolutely cooks his dude like absolutely you know takes this dude's ankles from him and he's running wide open and i think Ethan is so surprised at how open he is that he underthrows him by about three yards because if he puts that ball in stride you know djax is bumping his head on the goal post you know yep. so uh, i think you can see like the you can you can kind of see why they're so excited about him you can see all of that stuff, like what makes him a little bit different than just the prospects we've had in before playing quarterback, right? Like just from an athletic profile standard. So I would lean playing eighth in this next week because I also don't think you have a better opportunity to get your young quarterback some confidence or get him up to speed than against, you know, a not too great Northwestern team. But I mean, I know you're probably worried about Pat Fitzgerald, blah, 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 coaching him up. You you out talent these guys. Put the kid in. Let him let him let him sling it. Let him get comfortable before he's got to play Wisconsin and Iowa. And I will also because I don't know personally. I don't know. I I have no like inside knowledge. I've got nothing here. This is just me. I kind of think that should this should be it for Tanner because it should be. I mean, like he obviously deserves to you know come out and. If he's healthy, he plays. He's QB1. That's just the way it is. That's what they're going to do. But I think two concussions in three weeks, like Tanner's not making it. Tanner's not playing in the NFL. Like, let's, like, let's, like, medically retire almost and just help Ethan out for a few weeks and give him a nice springboard into his future, you know? So I just don't. I totally agree. Like, um, I, I know. I, I know. Stats wise, like Tanner didn't play well. He, he didn't. He was like a little flustered during this game. But you gotta consider the human life factor. Like I, he got married this past summer. I think it was the summer uh, with his wife. You know, he has a lot to look forward to. I think uh, Tanner's story got onto ESPN's Game Day. Yeah. About his dad. If you haven't seen that, go watch that yeah, and watch bring the, and bring the Kleenex because yeah. it's a tearjerker. I cried during that, and I yeah, I, it's, I, I'm kind of getting ooh. tears right now. Um, I know it's it's tough, but uh, it, but it was I a think tough one. Tanner has a lot to um, live for. Uh, I, I, also, he looks like an amazing guy He's, who can teach and be a coach as well. I was gonna say this; it might be the end of his playing career, but I do not think it's the end of his football career. Correct. So. Like whatever happens with Tanner, um, please. Like if he if he's still like like you know dealing with that concussion uh, and like that kind of things mentally. Yeah. And, and I think if you health. have two in one month, it like puts you in like a different level of protocol. Correct. Correct. So and I mean, more, I think they've got the a lot as well. Like this medical staff, like they're not going to yeah. jeopardize the players. Like I, I, you know, like there may have been other like as you probably saw it, those controversies. Like there was a few of them professor that got like yeah. Of, who like did who thought PJ and his staff wasn't taking care of the players, but then you see like Carter Coughlin, Thomas Barber, like those seniors, the players, yeah, like especially those that were part of like Jerry Kill, Tracy Clay's era, Winfield, Winfield stepping up for PJ because like they, they do care. Like remember, 
Antoine, what, tore his, his ACL and MCL multiple times during his time with the Gophers, and mm-hmm. he didn't bring him back until he was for sure ready by the medical staff. Yep. Um, so whatever happens, I hope for the best for Tanner because that's scary um, overall. Yeah. So. And the other thing I'll, yeah, the one last thing I'll say about his play, because you brought it up there for a second, was that, like, he looked a little flustered and he looked a little, like, uncomfortable in the pocket. And I think a lot of it comes down to, I don't, like, Tanner doesn't have the arm strength to make some of these tight window throws on some of the plays where you need them. Like, on, like, an in-breaking route over the middle of the field, you know, you got a defender trailing, your receiver and you got to worry about guys on the right side of your vision that you maybe can't see. I don't think Tanner trusts his arm as much in those throws as like a guy like Ethan does. And I think you saw that in the second half, you saw a lot of those intermediate routes over the middle of the field where he's just ripping it. He's just ripping it. He's putting on the numbers. You might have a guy on your hip pocket, but it's hitting you in the chest, catch the ball, you know, and I don't think Tanner makes those throws, just mm-hmm. decision-wise. I don't think he even attempts to make those throws because I think with his arm, they're a little too risky. They might be a little too risky. Yeah. But you know, Ethan, you know, I, I, I think that's another reason that the offense looked better. I don't know if I mean the receiver play was better. I thought Daniel Jackson had an amazing day, he had a great day. Um, I think that's two games in a row where it looks like he's kind of figuring it out against the more tight man coverage. But I don't think it was like wildly different receiver play between quarterbacks. You know, I don't think that's what what we saw. I think we saw a different philosophy on offense. I think we saw an offense that wasn't that wasn't afraid to throw the ball first. I think you became you. Be, I think you become a more talent, a more balanced team with Ethan. So. Oh, for sure. And I do. Uh, don't, I. I know we're talking about quarterbacks right now, but I do want to mention, uh, again, the receivers had a great game. As you mentioned, Soup, Daniel Jackson played great. But also, we cannot forget the Mohammed Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Uh, 32 carries, 133 yards, still continuing that um, 100-yard-per-game record. 17. At 17 now. Um, but also, two touchdowns. So he's not just – he didn't just break Daryl Thompson's record last weekend. But he's still making the records. Yeah, yeah, he's pushing forward. it. So, um, great game by Mo. Even though, again, first half, if I'm being honest, he played. Le- he didn't play great, right? And then in the second I mean, half, he didn't have much to do and much to go in the right. first half. He had a few runs in the first half. He has like he has like three or four of these runs every game where he's like dead to rights in the backfield, and all of a sudden it's two yards, three yards. It's like like those don't look pretty on the stat sheet. Yeah. But like on on film and like watching them in person, it's just like that should have been a five yard like should have, like should have been like a three yard loss. Like yeah. he gets a hand up and like makes a guy miss immediately and then falls forward for two yards and it's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, again, Mo play lights. I think with him being the backfield during the second half as well with Ethan, those two does like synergy complement each other in the passing and rushing game. So mm-hmm. again, amazing day for that second half. So Mo's uh, also playing playing hurt right now. I true. think you can tell. I think you yeah. can really tell he's playing hurt right now. So Yeah. And I I have to touch on this. I still get when Mo's out, I don't trust Trey or Bryce in the backfield. Like yeah. they got tackled by the worst rushing defense behind the line of scrimmage during their uh 
I, I think yeah, Bryce only had one carry, Trey had two. And eh, a lot of times your running backs yeah. getting tackled behind the line is an offensive line issue, but you also do have I mean, it is your job as a D one running back, your job is to break tackles. Yeah. So I mean both ways there. Correct. So So um but other than that, uh we can wrap it here. Like the Gophers won twenty to uh so thirteen yeah. and we were now bowl eligible. Like, yeah, awesome. almost barely, you know, because <laughs> I, PJ did his best. He did his best there at the end. I don't know if you saw the ending sequence, but I don't know if you saw the last mm, 90 seconds of the game or so in game clock time. But uh, he really did try to give the game away at the end there. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, like, let's start first with just like the whole sequence of. Yeah, Ibrahim I, runs. I didn't watch so this like, part, so go ahead. Yeah, so Ibrahim runs on third and whatever, right? For and they rule him. They give him a first down. PJ calls his last timeout. Now I don't mind this in the moment. Like there were some like bad timeouts earlier because basically all the timeouts you burn are, are special teams because your special teams is like out of position or whatever. Which those are bad. We don't need to talk about it. Clean that up those timeouts won't be used worse like badly after that this last one gets used after the first down where realistically the game is is over with this first down like the game's done what he's doing is he's calling a timeout all right everybody gets some water let's get like let's let's put it let's put it away like we got the first down let's refresh we have three plays now to end this game now what happens is during that timeout you get a little home cooking the home cooking starts coming in for Nebraska because Mickey Joseph doesn't have any more timeouts. They don't have any more timeouts on Nebraska's sidelines. But somehow, like five minutes after this was ruled a first down, a review gets called down for. And the, the, the camera's just showing Mickey Joseph talking to the official this whole time. So to me, I'm like, are they letting him like kind of get another challenge here? You know, he'd already, yeah. used, he'd already used it earlier in the game. And he has no more timeouts, so you can't you can't challenge if you don't have any timeouts either. But somehow they did. And but somehow the review comes down five minutes later, and then they overturn it. Oy. And they say he's short, fourth and one. And then, like, kind of chaos breaks out on the field. Like, Mohamed Ibrahim's waving, trying to wave the offense on the field. Him and John Michael Smith are, like, yelling at PJ, we want the ball, we want the ball. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> I saw those I, clips. Yeah, and I listened to uh, PJ's post game, and he said that the entire offensive staff was having a discussion in his headset while this is going on because they found out it was fourth down late because they thought it was first down still. Then the review came in late, and PJ's like, "What's go? why are we reviewing this? And yeah. then they review it. They overturn it. PJ is, like, lighting the officials up. He's screaming at the officials. He's got his headset off. He is screaming at the official, like, how can you t overturn this five minutes after? I called the timeout because I thought I had first down. I want my timeout back is probably what he's saying, right? Yeah. Like, like give me my timeout that back then because I'm not calling a timeout if it's fourth down. I don't care, you know, about the clock. Why would I call timeout? Mm -hmm. And so – all of that's going on, and then he says in his postgame presser that they had two plays that the offensive staff could not choose from, and he basically said, since you guys can't choose, we're punting, which, mm -hmm. like, uh, 
So I, I just so, don't. So from my view, let me chime in here. Go so ahead. Can get your th- thoughts together. So from what you describe, and from what I've seen on Twitter and on social media, obviously, so the vibes I got. So the team was not expecting that call to get turned back. Obviously, no, nobody was. And we were planning to keep the the keep. It shouldn't have even been reviewed. I don't even know Correct. how it was reviewed. Correct. So I get that. And then PJ and the staff are trying to figure shit out on the headset in the booth and on the field. And of course, we know PJ. He will go off on the ref, or on the officiating staff when he has like to. A, B, a BS call, right? Yeah. But the thing that I, I think I disagree with, from my perspective as a fan, as a viewer of, of the game, you should have gone for it. Like you, like you have um, Mohammed Ibrahim. Like Mo, I, I trust Mo to make top that, three running back in the country to make that first down. Or if it's fourth and one. You line them up and do a QB sneak. Like we've done it before. Like you've got your bigger quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, Ethan is six four. <laughs> what are we doing? And then we punts, and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> of course, I'm not watching this. I'm like, why? Like, why is the thing not refreshing? Like, obviously, I see the timeout PJ takes, but my app is not. Like, I'm refreshing like every. 10 15 seconds like what is going on like why is this <laughs> not refreshing and i say oh we punted on fourth and like inches according to the app i'm like what i i'm, I'm like i'm, I'm mind yep. blown so i get yep. home way later than i like it's like now midnight 1 a.m and i'm like oh wtf so yeah go ahead sorry i cut you off there but no 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 i absolutely needed to be cut off i would have just <laughs> lost my mind um I was watching the game with a bunch of friends and we like saw the fourth down come up and all of us looked at each other just like, okay, cool, whatever. Hand it off to Mo. Who cares? Like we'll get one, right? Like that's kind of, kind of his thing, you know, like he'll get it for you. That's what he does. And then we see like the punt unit start trotting back out and I'm just like, no, no, no. And all of us are just like, what is happening? And I remember somebody saying, he should lose this game just for this decision. For this decision, he should lose this game because if he doesn't, he's going to do it again. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's stuff like that. It's like this decision should cost you the game, but it won't because Nebraska's bad, you know, like, uh, and it's just, it's infuriating at when, when it happens at times like this. Cause it's like, I, you know me, I try and get into his head. I try and be like, okay, here's what I think he was thinking. Let's try and be fair to him here. You know, and I, I just did it. I laid out the, what I thought the thought process was based on his comments after the game and what we're watching and all that stuff. And it's just like, Bruh. I still don't care. I still don't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? It's like, like nut up and like, I just don't understand. You have an All-American center who is 6'3", 6'4", 320, and you have a quarterback who is 6'4", 210. If you don't feel confident running the ball, do you not think that the best center in the country and a 6'4", 210 quarterback could fall forward for three freaking feet? What are we doing here? Otherwise, just give the ball to the best running back this program has probably ever seen. Like, I, it was just like a complete meltdown. It, like football coaches sometimes when they get in these decision-making points, their brains just explode. And like <laughs> all of us sitting at home, it's like the easiest decision in the world. We see it right in front of us. We have nothing going on in our ears. Nobody's yelling at us on the sideline. And we're just like, yeah, obviously, obviously you hand this off. Like you have the talent. You're going to, you're going to beat them. And it's, and he's like, and then PJ says, oh, well, I really trusted my defense. You know, well, if you really trusted your defense, you'd go for it. You know, like if you really trusted your defense, you'd say, "Okay, offense, 
go for it. Because if you don't, I still have confidence the defense isn't going to let them score. And then you punt it back, and they got awful close. They got yeah, real they close. They did. It's just like this like risk aversion to to the point of no return is is going to lose you. I mean, it lost you a big game last year. It lost you the Iowa game last year. You lost the Iowa game because you were too scared last year. That cannot happen again. It almost did. And it's just like, at some point, you have to do something different. And it's it's just like, you even have the better quarterback in for the sneak, who you've been, the sneak play that you run all year that nobody can stop. Like, and it's and, and you just go oh well uh, my my offensive assistants can't uh, pick a play and uh, I'm scared so I'm gonna punt it. It's just like oh I'm gonna make him go 80 yards instead of for like 50 or whatever. It's like, dude, your 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 offense put up 10 points in the third, 10 points in the fourth. They were humming, they were humming the second half. There's no it, it, you have no excuse. Like usually there's like an out for him in a lot of these where you could point to something and say, "Oh, this was bad. Oh, that was bad." So, "Oh, you don't have confidence here, so you could go there." Your offense was humming the entire second half. There's absolutely no reason to not do that. And you had a low snap on a punt earlier in the game. So, Mr. Risk averse PJ, your long snapper might just chuck one over the head of your of your uh of your punter and then the game's over and you lose like yep. i don't know it's just like that one was like that to me that's the worst one of his career that one is yeah. really bad it was really bad like again i was i was watching post-mortem like after the game was over like the highlights and everything all the clips i had in obviously i have my uh, my uh dvr on youtube tv um i was just like you're like what happened it, it, yeah it, 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 i was watching at the moment in ikea I probably would have screamed in public. My girlfriend would probably hate me for it the rest of the day. I'm like, why the fuck you do that? I'm like, because PJ just made the dumbest call in college football. Yeah, it's horrible. But like, I'll um, go going yeah. back really quick. I think he's, I think he's right, and he should have gotten his timeout back. He won't say this, but I think he should have gotten his timeout right. back. And I think we avoid that situation completely if he gets his timeout back because he just burns it there on first on fourth down, and they get to think about it. Which like totally you could agree. say it, you could say essentially is what happened anyway, but what you do then in that situation with a timeout is you still can put your offense on the field. You can look at it and say, what do we like here? Does this look good? Do we not like it? Right, and you can go through that whole process and still sit on this timeout. Then you don't have to run the play, burn the timeout, bring the offense back. Hey, what'd you guys see? What do you guys want to do? What do you think? Should we just punt? You know, like. You can then you have a lot more time to make those decisions. So I think if you have that timeout back, it becomes a little bit different of a calculus. And I think it's unfortunate that the officials do their very best to get in the way of these football games. Right. But like I, other than that, like uh, just just give it to Mo, give it to <laughs> give it to eight. Let Ethan fall forward behind one of the best centers in the country. Like I don't I don't know what else to say. I think I think we have to leave it at that because. I really, I'm speechless about what happened that that day. So, again, in the end, we got the win. We we should have lost that because that decision, but we won twenty to thirteen. So, oh well, <laughs> we're both we're both eligible now. So, um, but let's okay, let's brush it off, Wusa, and let's go on to Northwestern. All right. 
Yeah, let's 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 do that before I get really angry. <laughs> All right. So, um game number 10 of the season uh will be against Northwestern. Uh it'll be at home airing on Big 10 Network on the 12th here at 2:30 p.m. kickoff. Uh ESPN's FPI is actually favoring the Gophers 91.4% to Northwestern's 8.6%. Um, betting odds right now, uh, Gophs is favored minus 17 and a half with the over-under being at 41. Um, some quick stuff about Northwestern. Um, they're not having a great season at all. They're currently 1-8 overall, 1-5 uh, in conference play, dead last in the Big Ten West division. Um, as for their uh, game last week, they played against number two Ohio State. Or actually, they scored first from an Evan Hall touchdown. They're um, a four, of I think a, from a, Evan Hall from Maple Grove, Minnesota, mm -hmm. uh, who's playing with the Wildcats, scored that touchdown. And then um, they haven't really scored again since. Uh, with Ohio State scoring twenty-one, uh, actually one of their I think one of Ohio State's low-scoring games uh, against a opponent who is not ranked um, in a while. So. Northwestern kept it close, pretty much for the for this game. Eh. Uh, eh. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I mean, they played in twenty mile an hour winds. True. I think in any other any other weather conditions, I think that that's an absolute shellacking. Um, I think you know the only reason it looks like it was even close at all is because you know you had those winds out there that like you really couldn't even throw the ball like physically you couldn't so. Right. And they did have a change at quarterback. Uh, Ryan Holinsky only, was only 0 for 3 um, in passing. And then they turned to Brendan Sullivan, who was 10 of 14 for 79 yards. Um, again, Evan Hull was their lead rusher uh, for 122 yards. Uh, on the season, Evan Hull is at um, 7, 701 yards with four tutties. Um, their lead receiver is Malik Washington. But outside of that... Um, Nothing stands out offensively for me on their uh, on that side of the ball, but their defense, uh, Bryce Gallagher, their lead tackler, um, and then behind him, Rod Hurt the second and Xander Miller are still pretty good guys on defense. Like, don't get me wrong, like Northwestern's defense—they're gonna be solid on defense. That solid. is who they are. That is what they do. They're gonna they're gonna make you earn it. Correct. You know, they're gonna make you earn those points and. I mean, that's really, they're going to be well coached on defense and they have talent there. That's, you know, that's what they hang their hat on. Uh, first thing I get from looking at this Northwestern team is that they have more passing yards on this season than Minnesota does. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> By about mm, 300. Yards. By about 300 yards. Um, I'm seeing like 16, 1700-ish to like 19, 2000-ish. I, it, which is just how in the world is that even a thing? Like that should not, that's like, like if I was Kirk Soraka, I'd print out Nebraska's uh, passing yards stat and just tape it to the wall for this, 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 uh, yeah. this week for the offense. Just be like, you guys have less passing yards than they do. That's, that's embarrassing. Like it really is. Like I get it that we're a run first team. We have a prolific running back in a solid line when the want to be consistent but that's that's not you're just more talented than northwestern yeah. on offense you cannot you should have more passing yards than them right now it's that's that's just so stupid it is and i will uh 
going is like we brought we mentioned it in the le- in the pre- in the recap of Nebraska, but like um, I don't want to see Tanner on the field if he's still mess still in protocol regarding the con- that concussion. Uh, we again we don't know the severity because PJ keeps that very confidential until like the staff or the players. Yes, not the NFL, no injury report. Correct. So, um, if Tanner is still feeling the effects of that concussion, I don't want to see him on the field. It's the yep, show I would. Right there. I do. I think if he is anything under a hundred percent, I don't think he plays. Yeah, so be I think show all the way for the Greek rifle. And also, I just think if you're looking at the trajectory of the rest of the season, this is the spot. This is the game where if you have to install a new quarterback for the rest of the year, this is going to be a good spot to do it. Correct. Because no disrespect to Northwestern or anything, but, like, they are going to be – you should outclass them. You should. You're better. You're better. You have more talent. Like, if this game is close at all – like it's it's like the Rutgers game again. It's like it's like okay, we understand Nebraska at home is going to be close. That's just kind of the way it goes. You know, they got a lot of juice at home. They always like to hang with teams. It's just who they are. N- Northwestern, this one should not. This one should not feel bad at all. You should be, you should be like figuring out the kinks in your offense and your passing game for the, for the big games down the road. Yep, for sure. But uh. At quarterback, I think if Tanner's in the game, my key is, or, or some keys that I'm thinking of, if, Ta- if Ethan's in the game, it's going to bring an element to the passing attack that um, that we saw at the second half of Nebraska and parts of Penn State, where like he adds that deep uh, that level like of being able to sling the ball down the field, take yep. risk, gunslinger. That's going to be very helpful for the offense to shake things up, especially if we can get it on the play action, the RPOs, because again. We know Kirk Shiraka, he loves the slants and RPOs. Like, that's his bread and butter on offense. And I think Ethan will complement that. Not this year, but I think Ethan will complement that very, very well. Obviously, we got Mo being in the backfield. As long as I think my key thing, like, I think I'm, I want to see is that I want the O line to be consistent this game. Yeah. Like, that's like, I, 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 I feel like this is like the, We've talked about clean pockets, clean nice pockets. holes for the running back. Nobody tripping over each other. Yeah. Uh, hopefully your right tackle decides to be anything but a turnstile. Like yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. So that's what I see on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I really don't have anything on the defense. This is that be very mindful that the star player for Illinois is their rushing game with Evan Hall. If you can stop the run, make Sullivan or Helensky, whoever's going to be a quarterback, beat you by passing, which we know is not good. Um, on defense, it's the same as it's been for, what, a month now? Tackling's got to be better. Run fits have to be better to start the game. You have to be fundamental on defense right away. You can't let it – it cannot take a quarter. It can't take a half. You have right. to come out the gate playing fundamental defense this week. And then on special teams, um, Matthew Trickett, be perfect on your kicks, as B always asks you to do, and you've been that all season. Um, Mark maybe, Crawford, I hope you just don't have to correct, punt. I just hope correct. you don't see the field. Yeah, or if he does punt, please be more than average for 37 yards a punt. Sure, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, but other than that, I think that was a pretty quick preview for me. Like, I think all the stuff that we bitched about <laughs> on the recap yep. should carry over to improve. Yeah, exactly. Or, or at least, if, if you don't do that, 
at all. Like this team hasn't taken a step forward correct. in like two weeks. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like we need to see a step forward. Like the defense, and obviously we mean on offense. The defense is like it's solid. They're like top twenty in in scoring in the country. Like you're getting everything you could want from them. You know they had they had one stinker in there. Whoopsie. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like they've been pretty good. They've but they've definitely been the more consistent part of your team since that's the word of this podcast for the week is consistency they've been the more consistent unit for you all year on offense um i think i think you're gonna see the same kind of scheme on defense until you hit the deep ball and i think they're going to go to it early and often i think especially if ethan plays i think you see the offense come out guns blazing I think you see them just immediately come out and try and push the ball down the field because they want to open it up for Mo and they want to get teams out of this press man cover one stuff that they've been doing to them for for basically the entire season now. And until you hit those deep shots, they will not respect it. But Ethan has the arm talent for you to consistently have have uh, productive plays down the field. So I would not be surprised to see them go to those early. And I think you should. I really yeah. think you should right away just go, hey, don't forget about this, you know, like kind of knock them off their game plan a little bit because then you hit those deep shots, they pull guys out of the box, and now you can do what you really want to do, right? So, and I think, you know, obviously Northwestern knows that too. Pat Fitzgerald and PJ are close. You know, they you, there's yeah. been all those stories about how much they talk to each other and stuff, and it's cool, but like, you, no fear in the game plan this week. You you have a lot of kinks to work out, and you also can't like. It's good that like this game can't be like a a game that you look past with Iowa and Wisconsin coming up, and you go, oh, we got this one. Like we can start worrying about Iowa and Wisconsin this week. Who cares about Northwestern? It's I think it's good in a way that you have these issues on offense to figure out. And kind of this perfect laboratory, so to speak, for offensive testing coming in with this Northwestern team. Because they're going to play solid defense, but they're not going to beat you unless you let them. So you have a chance here to really, really work out the kinks before these two big games. And I think that that makes it a bigger game than it is on the schedule. Yeah. And I'm all for that. I think if there's one... Besides consistency, I think if we can make Ethan as comfortable as possible and expand some plays, like I know it's like we're late in the season, but if we can add more to the passing game, I'd be happy. Like that'll be a step forward at least mm-hmm. than like what I'll, we've I'll seen say in the last it. Two I'll days. say it right now. I'll make a prediction right now. PJ, right. do not get scared when Ethan throws a pick. Don't do it. Yep. I think he'll have one. I think he'll have one where he's feeling good, you know, trying to sling it. He feels good. He just makes a bad throw or, you know, something happens, and he's going to turn the ball over. I'm going to make it hurt even more. It's going to be bounced off the chest of Mike Brown-Stevens. <laughs> yeah, why it's wouldn't it be, be right? That way, and it, it ruins that drive. <laughs> just because, of course. Just because, of course, yeah. it would be. Because then it's like a perfect throw that your receiver can't make a play. Yeah, that would just be great. And so uh, just don't, don't, don't get scared. It's okay. You're, okay, you're <laughs> like you're better than this team. You can beat them doing what you do, but like you cannot be so like it's so weird because he's like so reactive one way, but not the other way, right? Like yeah. he's very reactive in like the conservative way, 
but it like if you're have an aggressive game plan and, and you're having and he doesn't go the other way and be like oh we're just gonna throw the ball 30 times today we're just gonna sling it i don't care we're going for it on fourth and three in our own territory who cares you know like yep. you're not you, you're not gonna see any of that from him and it's just like uh but just don't get don't don't be afraid like let your young guy develop just let him go out there and sling it you'll be all right for sure so going on from there let's go into score predictions then uh for this game so um, I'll chime in with Wyatt's. Uh, so Wyatt is take is not taking the spread, um, but he is going to take the over. Uh, Gophers take the win, twenty four to fourteen. Um, then for me, uh, my prediction is I am also not going to take the spread, um, but I'm going to take the over, twenty four to seventeen, uh, for this game. Give me a twenty-seven-seven. All right, so you go take the spread. And yep. All right. All yep. Right. Cool, I think cool. I think I think the under is uh, unless this is an absolute like unless the Gophers come out, we figure it out on offense. We're just kicking the crap out of them up and down the field. I don't really see the over coming into play, but um, I think if the Gophers win, they cover just because yep. I think. They start running the ball and they wear them down, and you get that second touchdown. And yeah, and then you milk so. the clock. <laughs> milk the yep. Clock. <laughs> so I don't know. I just you're, you're just you're just you just have to be better than this team. You just have to. For sure. Like put the screws to them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, to be honest. I know we have a third segment, but I'm drained because, like, this, the recap of Nebraska took all my energy. So, Sue, do you want to end it tonight from there? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just sick of this offense. <laughs> um, please, please, please just try and throw the ball downfield. Just please. Briefly. Like, you don't, they don't all have to be completions. You just got to try. You just have to show that you can do it. Yep. I don't know. So, all right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening um, to Opa Podcast episode fifty six. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back again next week to recap Northwestern and preview um, Bacon Pig Week against uh, Iowa. After that, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. But also, soup. Do enjoy the game on Saturday uh, as you'll be there, right? Oh yeah. Awesome. But other than that, everyone, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. And um, again, I'm Jason O, along with. Oh, it's me, Soup. Very hot soup. And we'll see you guys next time. And oh.